Episode 48, 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year A. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of scripture, prayer and reflection. O Lord, to those who wait for you, let your prophets be found true. Hear the prayers of your servant and of your people Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Brothers and sisters, as we come together on this 24th Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year A, let us acknowledge our sins so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Sirach, chapter 27, verse 30, to chapter 28, verse 7. Anger and wrath, these are abominations, yet a sinner holds on to them. The vengeful person will face the Lord's vengeance, for he keeps a strict account of their sins. Forgive your neighbour the wrong that is done, and then your sins will be pardoned when you pray. 
Does any one harbour anger against another, and expect healing from the Lord? If one has no mercy towards another like oneself, can one then seek pardon from one's own sins? If one who is but flesh harbours wrath, who will make an atoning sacrifice for that person's sin? Remember the end of your life, and set enmity aside. Remember corruption and death, and be true to the commandments. Remember the commandments, and do not be angry with your neighbour. Remember the covenant of the Most High, and overlook faults. The Word of the Lord the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. It is the Lord who forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 14, verses 7 to 9. Brothers and sisters, we do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord so that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia I give you a new commandment, Love one another just as I have loved you. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother or sister if they sin against me? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. 
When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. The lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then this fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt, because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave, as I had mercy on you? And in anger his lord handed him over to be tortured, until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord The Gospel value, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, also known as the Golden Rule, is the principle on which our Lord's parable is based, and it has a profound effect on not only Christianity, but also the legal and ethical systems throughout the world. In some ways, the Golden Rule is common sense, and simply about consistency, justice and fairness. And yet, even now, the world cries out for this common sense and fairness to be applied evenly. Even to this day, people suffer because of the hypocrisy of double standards that are actually quite indefensible. And yet, how often do people inexplicably not follow this sensible and just principle? People can be masters of justifying loopholes whereby they are entitled to be treated differently often better than others who are treated worse. Conversely, some people seem to justify treating others a lot worse than they would like to be treated themselves if they were in the same situation. It doesn't make any sense. Our Lord strengthens this teaching in another lesson where he warns, Truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. This gospel is given by our Lord as a warning that we must be constantly on our guard. God has forgiven us completely for things we could not possibly hope to repay. And are we not duty-bound in gratitude and compassion to share that graciousness that we receive from God, that forgiveness and charity, to others around us? The other major problem is that some people just don't seem to see those around them as their brothers and sisters, or at least fellow citizens in the same commonwealth for the common good, the same human family. So a lot of people act with disregard for anyone but themselves or perhaps their nearest and dearest. Jesus rejects that approach. 
He reminds us, if we do good to those who love us, what difference does that make? Even pagans and sinners do the same. Our Lord is preaching universal brotherhood and sisterhood, goodwill to all, because we truly are all God's children. This parable of the unforgiving servant is really appalling. It's very powerful. The ungrateful servant has a debt to the master which he would never, ever be able to repay. It is enormous. To give an example, the servant owes the equivalent of 60 million denarii. That is, if he spent nothing that he earned every day of his life, it would take him 16,400 years to repay it. In other words, it's completely impossible. The servant ridiculously and rather pathetically asks not to be forgiven the debt, but to be given time to pay. In an act of astounding generosity, the master, in compassion and generosity, probably feeling sorry for this very pathetic situation that's impossible to be remedied, not only gives this servant time to start repaying the impossible debt, but he actually forgives the debt entirely. He wipes out 16,000 years of debt from the face of the earth. The master is hoping that this act of kindness might seek deep into the heart of the debtor and be passed on in a new way of acting and living. But then this sad and miserable servant with an astoundingly hard heart, immediately goes out and does not do the same to a fellow servant who has a debt to him that is large but is actually possible to repay. It's only a hundred denarii. That, that is, it might take a hundred days to pay. It's manageable given an extended amount of time. It's pathetic. This servant shows him no empathy, no connection. He does not identify himself with the feelings and plight of another. He doesn't seem to see that this poor fellow servant is a brother in need. He can't seem to see that he himself was just like that person, actually so much worse, bowing before another, begging for time to repay when he knew he couldn't. It's a sad and quite frankly bewildering situation. We see a kind of this lack of empathy too often in our world. This kind of attitude makes the world a meaner and nastier place and is the cause of so much unnecessary suffering. It's not the same as the essence of the gospel. The essence of the gospel, of course, is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's such a central quality in the kingdom of God that our Lord even incorporates this into the great prayer that he teaches his disciples to recite, the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins according to how we forgive others. Or to put it another way, rather strikingly, Lord, do not forgive us our sins unless we forgive others who hurt us. Or even more so, forgive us, Lord, only to the extent that we have forgiven others. It's sobering stuff, and we pray that every day. The first and second reading reinforce this message. It's possible to nurse and hang on to hurts and keep them festering. Rather, we're asked to remember that we have been forgiven more than we could ever repay. And this creates a profound gratitude and a love for God that then flows out to others. It shows itself in thanksgiving, in compassion to those who offend us. 
Our Lord's answer to forgive 77 times is interesting. The rabbinical law of the time said you need only forgive your brother three times. So when Peter comes and asks, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? He's actually being rather generous by the standards of the time. But our Lord shows us God's unimaginable love, generosity and mercy. And he says, not seven times, but 77 times, or seven times 70, which is really meaning the perfect number, endlessly. Keep forgiving, over and over, just as God does. Open up your heart to the love of God, which does not keep score. The heart of true forgiveness and reconciliation is gratitude for God's mercy and love. And then imitating this as we pay this gift forward to others. Our Lord knows that barriers and walls go up when people are hurt. It's an understandable defensive reaction. But picking up our cross means lowering those walls and allowing God's grace and healing to flow. It's painful. And it's not the way of the world, and it doesn't come easy, but it is the answer we crave, the road less travelled, and it's the answer our Lord gives us. St. Paul confirms this in the second reading. He says, we live now for God, not for ourselves. So there's no room for ego, hurt, pride, or moral outrage. They're barriers to reconciliation. They're barriers to understanding and healing. We must let go of pride and entitlement and open our hearts generously and self-forgettingly. Then we are beginning to think and feel with the love that is God's very nature. The double standard of not following the golden rule is found in the cycle of violence in the world. A group does a terrible destructive action towards others with no regard to life or consequences. When retaliation occurs, these antagonists are outraged when their loved ones, friends or colleagues are affected. But they can't seem to see or identify with the outrage the untold damage done by them has done. It's totally senseless and contradictory and it just keeps going around and round. It's exactly the opposite of the Gospel. The Gospel seeks to break the cycle of retaliation and violence that comes from refusing to do unto others as I would have them do unto me. We have seen terrible damage done by refusing to see that we're all irreplaceable children of God. Let us pray for peace and healing, an end to hatred and violence that begins in our own hearts, an end to the cycle of violence and retribution. Let us pray that the blatantly fair and reasonable message of justice and equality that comes from the golden rule may find a home in the hearts of everyone. May our communities and nations be rid of the hypocrisy of double standards, and may we put an end to a lack of empathy for those around us, lack of recognition that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. This gospel applies in big issues and in small issues of everyday life. The way we act and respond in the small things in life still makes life more or less tolerable depending on our choices. In the small things, I think of so many thoughtless and irksome things that people can do to one another. And we pray fervently that we have not fallen into the trap of doing those similar things in our own behaviour, lest what we cannot stand in others is what we do ourselves. This gospel today challenges us to go further and think, when have I done thoughtless, selfish and inconsiderate things to others, which put others to unfair disadvantage, when if someone had done the same thing to me, I would have been very annoyed. 
Why is it okay when I do something thoughtless but not okay for others? Whatever the situation, we can't change the person. We have no idea what's going on for them. So all we can do is learn from it and use it to be more aware of others and their needs from our own actions, behaviours and choices. After all, this parable today is directed at the listener, not at the unforgiving servant. Let us continue to foster that awareness that we're all in communion with one another in the one God, and what we do to others, we're taken as doing to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. In Jesus we have been given the example of true forgiveness. So in his name we pray. For the church community, that as God forgives our failings, we may forgive others. Lord, hear us. For Christian parents, that by living Christ-like lives, they may show good example to their children. Lord, hear us. For those in prison, that they may seek forgiveness for their past lives and work with Christ's grace for a new beginning. Lord, hear us. For our faith community, that we may learn true forgiveness and show others that we live for God. Lord, hear us. For all who are in ill health, who are suffering in body, mind or spirit, May the Lord give them healing, strength, and peace. Lord, hear us. For those gone before us in faith, that God, who is ever merciful, will welcome them into the gates of heaven, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of forgiveness, may we follow your example of mercy and compassion in our lives. We ask you to listen to our prayers. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Look with favour on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these your servants' offerings, that what each has offered to the honour of your name may serve the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity, and even now fashion for us a remedy out of mortality itself, that the cause of our downfall might be the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. 
May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. How precious is your mercy, O God! The children of men seek shelter in the shadow of your wings. Let us pray. May the working of this heavenly gift, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies, so that its effects, and not our own desires, may always prevail in us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer, for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants, taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, ICEL. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989, by the National Council of Churches of Christ in the United States. Adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms, copyright 2009, by the National Council of Churches of Christ, United States. Psalm Tones, the melody line for the Psalms, by Howard Hughes, SM, copyright 1992, ICEL. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 11-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly, copyright 1996 and 2016. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. May God bless and keep you.